0: Can a selfie monitor your health? That's our text nation. I'm Fred Fishkin. Joining us from a company called Neurologix, N U R A L O G I X, is Chief Medical Officer Keith Thompson. Hi, Dr. Thompson.
1: Uh, hello, Fred. Thank you uh, so much. Great. Uh... To be here today. Thank you.
0: And you still are a practicing physician, I understand, as well, besides this position with Neurologics.
1: I, I am uh, seeing babies, uh, seeing folks, and helping them through uh, their health needs. Uh, yeah, primary care physician by day for sure, times 30 years.
0: Terrific. So give us a little background to start with about Neurologics and what it does.
1: Yeah. So fascinating technology, really. Uh, Neurologics, founded uh, in 2015 by a Dr. Kang Lee and Marcio Pozzoli. Uh, Dr. Lee being a uh, developmental psychologist and Marcio Pozzoli being an electrical engineer. So you bring those two specialties together and you can imagine the sparks that happen. But Dr. Lee had done some foundational research looking at the milestones uh, as children uh, develop that ability to deceive and recognizing blood flow patterns and particularly flushing in the face. It's an essential milestone for children to develop that ability to deceive. Uh, but there's also a lot of physiology going on in those different regions of the face. So he and uh, uh, Mr. Putzoli came together and said, hey, we can evolve this technology. Let's look a little bit further. And through their work, we're able to develop a uh, novel form of remote photoplasmography called transdermal optical imaging toy is a trademark uh, term that we use. What is that technology? So most of us know that little device we put on the end of our finger to measure oxygen level, red light source shone into the finger and the amount of light reflected back, we're able to capture the pulse wave, which is that arterial wash of blood through the arterial system during systole diastole. diastole. Uh, So we can see that pulse wave uh, also using reflected photoplasmography or RPPG. So red, blue, green light comes into the face. Our face is translucent. Uh, the, what's happening in the arteries beneath the skin, we can see that pulse wave with the amount of variance in reflected light back. Once we capture that pulse wave, now we're into the sweet spot because there's all sorts of feature analysis that can be done. You can look at the shape of the wave. You can look at the velocity of ascent and descent. You can capture the beat-to-beat variability, what many will know as heart rate variability. We do all sorts of calculations Pixelated images of the blood flow. So we're not doing the PPG in just one spot like the finger. We're doing multiple regions in the face, 23, 24 different regions that are being analyzed. Combine that with machine learning. So now we can look at those data patterns. So imagine taking 40,000 individuals that you know all of their ground truth, their blood pressure, uh, their blood sugar values, uh, some of their medical history, and build out those patterns in that machine learning data and now we can train the models to start to recognize certain things so our crown jewel right now is blood pressure measurement so if i were using the purest of uh, terms in machine learning we would say prediction on a continuum but really we are measuring blood flow by recognizing those patterns in the facial flow and all that's going on with that pulse wave across the range of blood pressures uh, from you know, the low end to the, to the high end. How do we know this technology is valid? Is uh, in the early studies and we published in the American Heart Association, uh, we were able to take our model and prove that it could measure blood pressure to an accuracy of 95%, which means that comparing the blood pressure measurements of the face to the ground truth of auscultation at the brachial, uh, brachial arm uh, we were able to prove a mean average difference less than 5 millimeters, standard deviation less than 8 millimeters. And that allowed us to declare that accuracy of a uh, blood pressure measurement. So we're moving forward on that because certainly there's going to be other standards that come into play as we, as we grow this technology. But the other cool part about this is not just blood pressure and heart rate and the vitals. We can start to now see the data patterns to capture things such as uh, other cardiovascular risk, for example, uh, cholesterol levels, uh, hemoglobin A1C fasting blood sugar, that's our latest platform and application that we announced as classifier models. And so that means, for example, with hemoglobin A1C, 5.7% is a significant milestone. Are you above or below? Yes or no? And to what degree of probability do the toy scan look at that pattern, compare it to the models that we've trained, and we can determine the probability that that person is above 5.7, which is significant because then they're drifting into diabetic state, or they're fasting sugar, for example, above 5.5, which is also significant. So we can use that as a screening tool. And all really what we're doing with this technology is uh, right now, we're not trying to replace medical devices. Certainly the blood pressure being our crown jewel more accurate, uh, we're looking to uh, hopefully validate this is a Class two uh, medical device, and we're in discussions and working with FDA through that process. Um, but everything else really will be uh, screening tools. That's going to change how we're able to interact with uh, with our patients for sure.
0: And this is can be done with the the camera on a phone or a camera, a webcam, yeah. or
1: correct. So any smart device that has a, you know, a a relatively accurate camera, we can work on the lower end uh, devices. But if your uh, device has a camera that has a red, blue, green ability to capture those images and and video, uh, we're off and running. Of course, we need an internet connection as well. Um, But uh, we're already, uh, you know, disseminated across uh, various uh, regions of the world. So even some of the lower end devices uh, will work, uh, work well with this technology we need a good light source and so when using it we can see what we call the the star rating or signal noise ratio so you know we've got the technology constrained that if we're not getting a good signal it won't capture a a measurement Uh, but really any light good light source being near an open window with natural sunlight Um, darker skin folks we may need to intensify uh, the light coming in Uh, we're not biased to skin tone but we need a little more light to get past the melanin and get into the deeper layers to capture that pulse wave. But it's still, we have partners in Africa using this technology and has proven itself well.
0: How long does it take?
1: 30 seconds, uh, which is the amazing part. Uh, you think of uh, all that we could capture. I mean, if I had to send my patient with a lab rack hook up an ECG to do their heart rate and heart rate variability. I mean, just workflow alone, it's uh, still blows me away, right? As a family doc uh, that in 30 seconds, you can screen and determine all of that risk. That's just uh, crazy. Um, we're still considered for the blood pressure uh, measurement uh, for investigational purposes uh, at this point, because we're working through, you know, doing this the right way. We We know this technology is robust and we believe we can prove it validated as a uh, as a class two device, but we have to be very careful in saying, hey, this is still research purposes. We're uh, not trying to pass this off as a medical device at this point.
0: As as a, a family doctor, what excites you most about this? I assume that some of your practice, or maybe quite a bit of it, moved to online to, to, to telehealth visits during so- uh, covid
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Fred. I'll tell you, you know, what excites me is a couple of things uh, about that. Um, You know, let me talk firstly just on equity. And it's interesting, telehealth, great. And there's a lot more we can do by video, uh, certainly. But, you know, in terms of equity, this this device uh, really is going to be most people's personal assistant. And those folks that are materially deprived the phone and the cell phone or cellular technology or just telephone is going to be a need for connection. So I think the fact that we're on a device that if you look at World Bank standards, for example, take the lowest 20% of income in the world, 70% of the people within those regions have cellular technology. So, the ability to democratize this technology into the greater regions of the world, uh, I think, is what excites me uh, for sure. As a family doc in my day to day job, you know, it's frustrating when COVID hit because suddenly can't come in can't see you careful face to face no one wants to get infected we don't want to you know risk spreading this germ there's only so much i can do by video if i can start to capture some of these other parameters and population health is really what excites me because now you know great the diabetic i'm taking care of that's in front of me right now but the other 170 or more that are pre-diabetic that don't even know that they are The ability to screen in large numbers through the population and sort of see what's going on and determine those healthcare needs where we can focus. That to me is just. Fascinating, and I think that's exciting, right? Because we're really, I think, on the forefront uh, of changing the way we do uh, encounters with our patients and the way we do population health. I mean, this is a great tool for that when you think about it, right? That we can reach massive uh, regions. Uh, we're literally in the process now of finalizing some details with a uh, health authority in South Asia uh, to screen for cardiovascular disease in a region of over a million people. Uh, can't release names just yet because i say the details are still being uh finished up now but we're pretty confident by uh early next year we'll be able to disclose uh what's going on and that's just as i said going to change how we do business for uh global populations
0: so if i can envision what a visit might be like uh, Typically, if I went to a, a physician's office, there'd be an assistant who comes in, maybe does the blood pressure and does some of the preliminary stuff before the, the doctor comes in with my chart or, or whatever and, and takes a look at what was found. If we're using this technology, then maybe I go online and the, the camera does the scanning and then the doctor comes in and says, oh, I see what 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 the situation is here in a very similar way, I suppose.
1: Absolutely. And you just determined a great workflow, Fred, that would you know allow patients a little bit of control to screen, right? Again, we're always right now saying this is going to be best as a prescriptive device under a doctor's control, right? To always know or have some access to determine or know what they're Ground truth is in relation to their medical measurements, um, but yeah, absolutely. As I said, for those patients that I don't know are at risk, how cool would it be for them to screen and then they initiate the visit? Hey, doc, it's suggesting I might be pre-diabetic. I'm concerned. Great, uh, let's let's look into that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And then you get blood work done or, or whatever, I guess is a follow up. So, uh, how does this get brought? To- to market, is it through medical offices and physicians, yes. or is it something that I would download an app and yeah. you know, I have a I have a ring, the Aura Ring that's telling me yeah. my temperature yeah. and and things like that too. How does yeah. how does it go to market?
1: Yeah, so absolutely, we're structured as business to business or business to business to consumer. So right now, uh, as a uh, subscription software SaaS offering, uh, our customers being a lot in the insure tech, for example, uh, they would set this up. Some of them white label the technology, offering it to their customers to be able to scan and get those indicators or determine their their health risk. Um, You know, direct to consumer, you know, puts us again into medical device territory territory and so clearly we have to say look we're investigational at this point we can't do that uh we are you know focused on general wellness and screening for populations and that's really how the technology gets used as a subscription service NTT data for example one of the largest telecoms in Japan looked at over 200 technologies worldwide and decided Neurologics was the one that they wanted to work with and partnered and so we're being offered to their customers looking to build some health and and wellness uh programs bupa insurance again another large provider in spain latin america uh, use our devices at intake screening tool uh, and Sunitas, a large digital hospital uh, in in spain also has put this directly into the workflow in exactly the scenario you just described right the patients does the screening does that initial intake and then uh, follows up and the physician is able to hit on those key targets that need further identification or, or attention
0: and I assume this can only get better, uh, whether it requires maybe a more specialized camera that people would have in their home, uh, probably not that expensive to do, but one that would be targeted to these needs. Or I, I can only imagine what could come.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating to where the future will be right in the sensory uh, technology. And I think there's, uh, you know, great interest and in speculation. But as we are right now, what we currently are and what we may evolve into, uh, gosh knows down the road. But right now, work on uh, simple devices uh, and, you know, like the uh, iPhone. And maybe Lindsay can help me on this one. But I think starting the iPhone 7 and above, really, uh, it's uh, working just fine.
0: So one of the things you're announcing at the Consumer Electronics Show is this Anura, A-N-U-R-A, telehealth platform. Tell us what that is.
1: Yeah, so uh, really fascinating. Again, it's going to... I think revolutionize or potentially revolutionize telemedicine. So, first up, investigational at this point, uh, not clearly defined as a medical device. But as I described how our app captures vital signs, imagine during the, uh, a telemedicine feed and during a normal video encounter, doing that real time. So, there's literally every one second an update uh, on blood pressure heart rate breathing rate and uh, heart rate variability and mental stress so uh, a physician being able to see with uh, an interview and if a patient live feed of their vitals or during a mental health encounter say with a psychologist being able to get some feedback on things like heart rate variability or what sort of stress that the patient is under so that too I think is just a whole other application, uh, really our foundational technology, but this is a, a first, really, uh, as well. Uh, we, as far as we know, the only ones uh, thus demonstrating the ability to do this live, almost like having an arterial line in and continuous measurement of blood pressure and heart rate. So imagine that just by video. Like, that's incredible.
0: Pretty exciting uh, site, once again, is Neurologics. N-U-R-A-L-O-G-I-X dot A-I Dr. Keith Thompson, thank you for spending time with us.
1: Thanks so much, Fred. Really appreciate the opportunity today. Thank you.